It's time for Get the Lack Scoop, a podcast bringing you all the people and stuff you should know in the game of lacrosse. We take lack seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join host Big Dog and Jay Bird and the biggest names in the game. Brought to you by Jay McMahon Lacrosse. That's JML, skills, mindset, and lax IQ training. Ron Doglish, the big dog, was a collegiate football and lacrosse player at Brown. He was also an assistant lacrosse coach and the executive director of the Sports Foundation. And Jay McMahon, the Jaybird, a three-time All-American midfielder at Brown. He was a captain of the U.S. Junior National Team and is the founder of JML. And joining us in the studio, Steve Grisalfi, whose collegiate lacrosse career statistics equals one goal against Dartmouth. This podcast is brought to you by Jay McMahon Lacrosse. Now that's a mouthful. So let's go with JML Lacrosse. Skills. Uh, Ron, JML has lacrosse in there. So just JML. Friends, get used to Jay interrupting me all the time. It's <laughs> maddening. Fine, Jay. It's JML Skills, Mindset, and Lax IQ Training, helping the next generation of cross players get to the next level. So everyone, we're really excited to bring you the next episode of Get the Lack Scoop. We've got two great Division Three head coaches with us today. And that we do. You will find our third and final installment of our series with coaches Dave Webster of Dickinson and Scott Hackus-Doglish from RPI in progress. Enjoy. Webby, I'm going to go off script again, just continue to drive Jay crazy. Um, I, I'm just wondering. I'd like, like to respect you know, our guest's time. Well, you know, I, 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 I know. Unlike I, I, yourself. I think they're enjoying, I think, look at, they're smiling. They're enjoying I, themselves, right. Jay. They're loving this. I hope uh, so. But, you know, <laughs> Webby getting, a, again, back to the relationship. What's what's it like? You know, here you are as a, as a career coach who came from a dad who was a coach and an educator. And now you got this young pup who was part of one of your early classes, who's become a head coach at the division three level. It's gotta be like, and you know, it's gotta be a little surreal almost when you're looking on this podcast that want to, you know, cause I, it's like, it's like, we still call Dom coach, right? He'll always be my coach. And so like, you know, I'm sure at some level, Scott's always your player. And now he's one of your competitors. It's, it's really cool. And just listening to Scott just a minute ago, talk and, you know, he, he's, he's far more advanced as a coach than I was at that age. And it's cool to see mm. how smart these young guys are. And uh, we, we've had the opportunity over the years and, and unfortunately not, not enough, but we'd sit down and we'd X and O and go over things. And I yeah. learned a ton from Scott every time I listened to him and talked to him. And I've been very fortunate to have a, a, a really fun, exciting, successful coaching tree and it's neat to see players and former assistants go on and do some great things. And um, I, I think the game's in a really good place with these young coaches. They're they're doing some some awesome things and taking taking care of their young men and teaching them a lot. That's cool. That's great. All right, so guys, now it's time for uh, our speed round. Okay, and Jay and I have a series of questions that are about continuing to help our listeners learn more about the lacrosse process, but Unlike my style, um, we're, we're trying to keep this short and succinct. Okay. Right. We're trying to give them the, just, just the facts, ma'am here. It's interesting okay? Jay, that you have him run this segment, right. you know, right. well, I'm going to jump in too. Uh, yes, Jay, we'll, we'll allow Jay to participate in this segment as well. 
but Thank I will you. begin. Okay. Go so Dave, we'll start with you. And then Scott, you answer this one. Secondly, at what stage in a high school career should a student athlete be reaching out to you to express interest and how should they reach out? And what do you want to know when you're just getting, when a kid's just getting started in the process? We're hearing now from, from, uh, young guys who just finished their 10th grade. And, and so they're sending us kind of some films, some basic academic information and expressing kind of that they're beginning this process and where one of the schools are interested in. And, and we're, we're not doing a ton with that right now as we're wrapping up the, the other classes, but I would say that's an appropriate age to, for division three to first reach out. Scott. Yeah, I would second that. It's it's very similar for us. Um, uh, you know, I'll add that I, I love the IMLCA uh, sports recruit, um, you know, website that, that these young men can have profiles on. And, and those are tremendously helpful because they they tell you where he's playing. You know, they post their film up there. You know, they've got their their high school and their club information. You know, they've got their academics. That's really the foundation. You know, we, we need to know if they fit the academic buffet, bucket. Do they fit, uh, fit in the uh, in the athletic bucket? And, and then those are the two things that are going to lead ultimately then us, you know, talking to them at another level and figuring out if they're really a fit for our programs. How about any mistakes that kids make in that initial outreach? It, we all get, you know, the mass emails that they send to the 50 colleges, and that's fine. But when they put one to me that's addressed to a different coach at a different college, just some, <laughs> some of the attention to details. Important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might not go over so well, coach, in the initial outreach. That really connected yeah, I, I with that. Yeah, I don't love when I get emails from a young man saying I'm really interested in RIT as opposed to RPI. Uh, that, that doesn't exactly sit very well with me. It also concerns us when we when we hear from the parents initially. Um, I, I think that communication should be led by the, the, the young guys. The parents certainly have a role, um, and, and but it shouldn't be initially. 100 percent. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, I'm, I'm always very just confused when a parent makes the initial outreach. Um, you know, the, this is that young man's process. Yeah, we're, we're going to recruit the family. Right. And, and the parents should absolutely be involved. But uh, it should be the young man taking the lead. Mm -hmm. Now, would let's say highlight tape, game tape, game tape, neither or both. And then what do you want and what do you look for? And then we could start with coach Dave first with that. Should that be in that initial email uh, exchange? Uh, sure. And, and again, the, the young guys are probably just getting some, some tape for the first time. So if they don't, it doesn't exclude them from the process. I don't have time to watch game tape and try to find them. So the highlights are, are helpful. And we know what we're looking at highlights. So we, we get that, uh, but just a couple minute quick clip, just again, so we can just see kind of the athlete, the skill set, knowing that they're in 10th grade and it's going to change a lot, but we want to have a, a foundation to, to work with. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah. Ab absolutely. And uh, highlights all the way. Again, it, it doesn't preclude you from the process, uh, but it is certainly helpful. The more times and the more settings, you know, we, we can evaluate, um, you know, the, the clearer the picture becomes. Right. Um, and and I think really important for, you know, your listeners that 
we don't need the slow-mo we don't need the flashy you know uh <laughs> you know graphics and like that stuff does not matter um you know it's it's your play right um so save yourself the money um and and uh just just keep it simple put your best players at the front uh put a variety in there and uh that, that'll give us a great foundation to to kick things off with and and, and that's a little thing but I'll, I'll tell you just recently we've gotten some film with um, music and and really questionable lyrics with the music mm-hmm. and, and it seems like a little thing but I wrote back to both of those young men and just suggested to them that they should think through that because some could be offended and just kind of question some things so again attention to detail and, and putting your best foot forward matters absolutely yeah so Scott how about if you take this one uh, role of club and high school coach in the process and how kids should be encouraging those folks to reach out. Yeah, definitely important. Um, You know, uh, a lot of these high school and club coaches have been around for a while. They've got a lot of relationships with college coaches and and experience with the different institutions. um, And and they know those young men. And so they can be great on a recommendation side of things for, for us as college coaches, sort of on the front end. Um, and, and they can be great on the back end. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always surprised that, uh, I talked to a high school coach, um, you know, a few days ago, just getting ready to offer a young man. And, and so, uh, reached out and, you know, he just said, coach, I really appreciate you calling. There's, there's so many guys that don't call and, and ask our opinion, uh, as a high school coach. And, and that always just baffles me, um, <laughs> because those are the guys that, that spend, a lot of time with them. And in this instance, it was a, you know, a boarding school. So this coach sees him in all kinds of setting, right? He, he knows how he, that young man conducts himself on a, on a daily basis. And for me, I, you know, I was thinking we're going to spend a lot of time together in four years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I want to make sure that uh, I can do all the homework I possibly can uh, to make sure that that young man is a right fit and that there's no, no question marks. Um, so uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely a, a piece of the puzzle in this process. That's for sure. I would add then, there uh-huh. real quickly. My brother's a longtime high school coach at Pingree School in New Jersey, real successful mm. program. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And he's always amazed by how few college coaches connect with him and mm-hmm. just go to the club coaches. And, and my brother, Michael, is with these young men in the classroom, in the hallways and over four years and really knows them and their character. And, and that's certainly important to us coaches when we make that investment. Right. Absolutely. Now, what is the biggest way parents can help and hurt their their child in the recruiting process? Scott, what do you say? Help is empower them, empower them in the process, guide them, help them, assist them, but empower them to take ownership of their own process. I was on a Zoom call recently and I could see that the parents were trying to empower them. I said, hey, look, I really appreciate that you're trying to do that. Um, but it's also an opportunity for you to ask questions. You know, parents have experience, right? And they have knowledge that the young men can't have. And so I think asking questions is a great way to be helpful in the process. And, and then I think just as we mentioned before, just, you know, don't be the lead out of the gate um, as a parent. That, that can definitely hurt. <laughs> yeah, my daughter was a Division One soccer recruit. And so we went through this process on a different perspective for me now as the parent just a couple of years ago. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I learned a lot through that and very interesting. And of course, my daughter didn't 
think I had anything to add to this whole experience. No, you, you don't know anything about the process, Coach. Uh, Nothing. Uh, but I think you take just as Scott suggested, you're kind of guiding and you're helping, but kind of in a silent way and allowing things. And where, where we really get involved as parents is at, you know, at the kitchen table after the visit and before the phone calls and just helping that along. It's concerning to coaches when the parents are too involved because you naturally think what it's going to be like when they're here with you. And if that parent's too involved in the recruiting, is that going to be the relationship during that those four years? Mm -hmm. All right. So guys, I know one thing that's often vexing for players is, uh, you know, recruits is I don't really know where I stand. And so give us the right kind of question to ask a coach that has them tell you where you stand at a point in the process. Webby? Yeah, so we try to be, as I suggested, real transparent up front. We talk about kind of our goals for the class and the number of guys and by position and et cetera. We, we try to let the young man know where they are in that mix, and that's going to change and be very dynamic throughout the process. And, and we ask the same of them to be you know, transparent with us. But, but the simple question we're getting a lot of that right now is, Coach, where, where, where do I stand? Are you still recruiting me? Um, for, for certain positions, FOGO's goalies, where we tend to bring in one for, for a class, uh, they certainly want to know where they are. And, and at times we, we don't, we, you know, as it's going through earlier in the summer, we, we've got a mix of players for those spots. And then we start to develop kind of a more of an order to it. And we can share that as we go through, but asking questions, being real direct with coaches, being real proactive with that is certainly encouraged and helpful. Nice. Yeah, that's it. A hundred percent. You know, what coach, what do you see as my role and where do I stand? And if you're not really sure, as you know, Webby mentioned, I mean, it's all, it's so dynamic and it changes, you know, it can change, change in an instant, right? A young man makes a decision one way or the other. So yeah, what's my role? Where do I stand? And if you don't know where I stand right now, when will you, right? Just be direct. And I operate, we operate the same way as we try to be as transparent as possible in the process. I also mm-hmm. hear in that guys that I think, you know, people don't appreciate that it's a process for you guys too. And sometimes I, I find kids overreacting early in the process to a sense is like the coach won't tell me, well, I'm like, the coach may not know yet. Like you, you right. got to stay in the mix. They're talking to a lot of kids, keep fighting, keep scrapping, keep playing. So I think, you know, it, it works both ways. Right. So, so telling the kids to stay with the process until the coach says, no, nah, uh, you know, I'm sorry. We got someone we like better than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And now what is the general timeline of the recruiting process in D3 and for you guys at Dickinson and RPI in terms of when you're getting the student athletes to come and visit the campus and then when you're making offers and seeking those commitments? Yeah, from from our perspective, uh, with the Division One rules changing a, a couple of years ago, um, and and not being able to visit until the fall of your junior year, we're, we're pretty well on that same timeline, um, you know, uh, a little later than the division one, but there are certainly some that, that we start going after aggressively in the fall and, and, you know, in some instances begin to make offers. So uh, it's not too dissimilar at the end of the day, you know, most of it happens coming out of that junior year, end of the junior year, this summer right now, as they're transitioning from their junior year into their senior year, but we're not far off from those division one guys at that level. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I would agree. It's right now, the end of July, early August is a real busy time for us in terms of those decisions and commitments coming together. And in many cases, it's been as a result of the last few months from fall visits through spring visits and certainly now the recruiting summer exposure part. But we will finish our class soon. And it's all for us, early decision commitments. And that's what you have in Division Three. There's nothing in writing. It's a verbal agreements and a commitment. And we expect those to be honored. And again, that's part of that transparency and trust you develop in the recruiting process. Mm -hmm. And then do you still, though, at times have seniors in high school visiting? Like if a class isn't filled out, are you still looking at players in their senior year of high school? We try to keep a couple spots. There's always, we feel, a couple difference makers who maybe were, were set on Division One. Things didn't quite happen, so they kind of come back to you at this point or early in the fall. And, and we found some really good players uh, later, so we, we try to make sure there's an opportunity for somebody like that. Mm-hmm. There's always room for a program changer, right? If Paul Rabel shows up at your door, you're going to find a way to get him on your team, right? <laughs> so yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, it, you know, I think that's the other challenging thing for, you know, for young men and recruits and young ladies and their families is that it happens in so many different ways on so many different timelines, right? Everybody's got a different journey. Everybody's got a different path and you just have to be patient in the process and, Keep making yourself better. That's what's gonna. That's what's gonna get you recruited, right? Be a great person. Be great in the classroom, and, and keep getting better on the field. Nice. We've got our roving reporter available, Mr. Steve Rosalfi. Is that right? Yeah, he finishes with a little different twist on the questions. Scott may be anticipating this, Webby, having known Mr. Rosalfi, but you're in for a treat here, I think. Yeah, they, in my segments, they have me prepare questions that don't have anything to do with lacrosse. Primarily due to the fact that I don't really know anything about lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> he did play lacrosse at Brown. Come yes, on. he did. I did. Actually, I scored a goal against Dartmouth. You guys would be impressed with that. Yeah, that is part of our intro. Yep. <laughs> um, I want to give you guys an opportunity to highlight the schools he coached. So uh, this first one goes to Coach Scott. The Walthausen Reactor Critical Facility is an on-campus nuclear reactor at RPI. How far away do you keep your lacrosse players from this facility? And what are some other things about RPI that you would want some potential recruits who are listening to this podcast to know? Steve, first off, that is impressive research, I must say. <laughs> I always joke that nuclear is like the one engineer major that we don't have represented on the team. I think those guys are another level of genius and smart, for sure. And I'm glad that we don't have any playing around with nuclear reactors and so on and so forth. But yeah, RPI is a unique institution. You know, we're the oldest and therefore the first technological institute in the country. Data, technology, and the business world, and our Lally School of Management, and our engineering majors, we've got crazy supercomputers on campus and just it's wild the things that our young men do on campus and what they go to do beyond our doors and understand why they spend a lot of time on it because it's pretty cool stuff at the end of the day so so no beer pong near that facility well i was going to say is in quotes crazy supercomputer is that a technical term is that how they is that how they describe it there is it just that that crazy supercomputer department I'll just let that one sit out there. Okay. All right. All right. Now this next one's for Coach Dave. 
And, and I give you a lot of credit for not slipping this in at some point in the previous interview, but uh, there was a U.S. president who attended Dickinson. Which U.S. president was that? And uh, also tell us some other stuff about Dickinson that you would like potential recruits who may be listening to know. But the president was James Buchanan. Oh, nice. Um, that's nice. correct. Well, well done. I'm a history major at Dickinson. I got to know that. <laughs> we were founded in 1783 when the Revolutionary War ends and we become a new nation. So we are the first college in the new nation. And wow. a lot of history here. George Washington gathered troops on our campus to go out to the Whiskey Rebellion, which is west of here towards Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Confederate troops, as they were starting to encircle Gettysburg, gathered on our campus. Jeb Stuart and the cavalry were coming through town. Mm. So a, a neat college town with a lot of history. Cool. Very cool. All right. Uh, this next one's for Scott. And uh, it primarily goes to what was the most annoying thing about having Ron as an older brother growing up? The most? <laughs> wow. That's going to be tough. How about like several? several examples. Yeah, this is going to be a long, a long list here. I'll sit back. We'll set the timer. But we're actually looking for something specific, and there is a correct answer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Now the, now the pressure's on. I, I didn't really think it was a pressure cooker question at first, but well. No second brother... helpings available. No seconds at dinner. Ron ate them all. Sorry. Yeah. You know, he's a very large figure in many ways. And so, yeah, it was uh, challenging to get to the table and get food sometimes. Um, you know, uh, it was challenging to get get shotgun uh, in the car, um, even if you had called it first. Um, you oh, know, there might have been some, quote unquote, bullying, uh, you know, in some instances. Um, I might have been a goalie for part of my career because, you know, he just wanted somebody to shoot on. Um, so, uh, <laughs> gotta yeah, get, but, be- gotta but, get better coach Webster. You need somebody in the goal. You want live shooting, right? Live shooting. Uh, no, Every look, defenseman I, I needs uh, that. really fortunate to have Ron as my older brother and was fortunate to be his best man as a little punk. Somehow I, I certainly you know knew how to probably push his buttons a little bit and was very grateful that, that he was my best man at my wedding. And so, you know, although we certainly went at each other, you know, would like to think we made each other better and fortunate for our relationship for sure. Those are all excellent answers, but the correct answer was the volume. <laughs> Ron, Ron's actually on mute right now, and I still have to turn my computer down. Yeah. All right. Size so coming is, at you, you know, in so many ways. I mean, Webby, they, they pretty much go to the, uh, the fat guy jokes, and he's loud. I mean, these are two things I've heard a lot <laughs> well, how over, about the, not over the past on, four decades. Not honoring a shotgun call. Wow. That's big. He's my little brother. Get behind me. I'm not sitting in the front seat. What are you joking? I knew you. I don't care what you called. Come on, please. Please. That's dog for you right there. All right. Listeners are getting it today. (laughs) This last one's for Coach Dave. Now that the statute of limitations has probably expired, what was the funniest thing that you ever had to call either Scott or another player into into your office to discuss with him? Wow. Come, yeah. Let's hear a little something. You know, it's, I mean, it's a way. I mean, there's nothing that could happen now. Let's just, I, let's, let's talk honestly. I was a saint. I would just say that Scott's experience as an undergrad, I'm sure, has made him a better coach now because he went through some ups and downs. I see. And, he learned what not to do, coach? Well, there was certainly some of that. 
But Scott mentioned early on that one of the joys of coaching is working with young men who come in and you're like, wow, I'm not sure he's going to make it. Uh, <laughs> and, are, are you saying that was your thought about yeah, me? Comes, it comes to mind, huh? I'm, I'm oh. saying there, you grew up a lot. And, <laughs> that was very fair. And you learned a ton. And, mm-hmm. and that's given you great perspective to be a great coach and mentor now. Wow, that, nice. that is the answer of a veteran right there. Just skirting right <laughs> through the well. fine line. Very well done. Uh, well, uh, guys, it, this was just a ton of fun. And uh, we, we know it is a really busy time for you guys. As you mentioned, this is a time where you're really getting to the end of the recruiting and trying to finish up your classes. So we appreciate you spending some time with us. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks awesome. so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, can't can't thank you all enough. And, you know, can't thank Webby enough. I'm not who I am today as a coach, as a person, if it wasn't for him, for sure. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Fun. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for another great episode of Get the Lack Scoop, Jack. Hey, it was wonderful. Until we meet again, here's to hoping you find the twine. We're signing off here at the Get the Lack Scoop. Thanks again so much. We will see you the next time.